politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Did you catch the picture of New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy? Excuse me, King Philip the Unaccountable. Hanging out with the Rutgers students. No masks on, no social distancing. All the Rutgers kids have to be vaccinated and wear masks. But hey, when the king's in town, peasants, the rules go out the window. Well, remember this as you're putting a mask on your two-year-old. Good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you're having a great day today. Might be getting some rain and flash flooding. We go to the Phillies game tonight. I'm excited about that. A little work event. A little bonding with my, my fellow employees, which is always fun to do, since I never really see anybody anymore. Not only because COVID, but also because of the fact that I get to work so early every day. So it'd be nice to see some people and root for the Phillies. I can't believe the season's coming to an end. I'm taking Patrick to the game on Sunday. Doing a little male bonding. Me and my son. Got good tickets. I upgraded to the good seats. It's his first game, so wanted to make it special. But we'll eat ballpark food. I'm not a big I'm not big on the whole going to the ballpark and, and eating like foo-foo food. I you just I'm old school. Hot dogs, peanuts, popcorn, cracker jacks. You know, that's how I roll. I just I this I don't need the fanciness of the thing. In fact, I reject it. I reject the premise of it. Uh, the White House is rejecting the idea that they have any numbers of the migrants who are crossing the border, which is amazing to me that they're still playing this game of we have no idea how many people. We have no idea. We don't know who's there. We have no idea. How do you not know this? By the way, big news tonight. Late night comedy. It's going to do something different tonight. Activism. I know. I know what you're thinking. Jimmy Kimmel, Seth Meyers, Fallon. They're going to take a break from all the laughs tonight and push a political liberal agenda on the nation i i'm as i was as shocked as you were when i heard about that it's climate night seven shows one planet hot enough for you and what's also fun about it is that uh john Kerry is going to be there yeah the stand-up comedian john Kerry. i don't know if that's any relation to john Kerry, the horse face former secretary of state i don't know but i'm really excited because i'm tired of all the late night laughs John, speaking of John Kerry, by the way, <clears throat> if you want to know, life is full of tough choices. Did you know this? I don't know if you knew this or not. Life is full of tough choices. Sometimes you got to compromise with genocidal maniacs because of climate change, and <laughs> that's just the way it goes. You know, it's just life. What are you going to do? It's life. It's the one you get. So go out and have a ball. This is uh, this is John Kerry here, Lurch, on... Um, the tough choices we have to face here. Another issue related to China is importing of solar panels, uh, because clearly a priority of the Biden administration is really addressing climate, but it's not the only priority. There are other things right. as well, such as the Uyghur situation in the West. Uh, what, what is the process by which one trades off climate against human rights? Well, life, uh, you know, life is always full of tough choices womp, in, in, the, in the relationship between nations. Life is full of tough choices. So, yeah, we got to hang out with the genocidal maniacs who unleash COVID-19 along upon the world. But uh, but we need the we need solar panels. So we you know, we got to do we got to do. I know what you're thinking. You never make Hitler comparisons and I won't. But just glad climate change wasn't an issue back then. That's all I have to say. Because we are making deals with genocidal maniacs in China and 
for the good of the climate. Same thing with the vampiric one said. Remember when she said, ah, I've been there a long time, and, ah, but we got it for climate. Ah, screw the Uyghurs. Ah. So that's where we are with that. It's a damn shame. It really is. a damn shame. It's very disappointing the way that we have to make these kind of choices. Also, some breaking news on China today. A whistleblower came out and said that, yes, and I know this is going to shock you, yes, the first cases absolutely came from a lab. That's right. That's right. And I'm excited about that because I've always been uh, thought for a second that maybe I would be uh, wrong on this. But now it turns out that I'm absolutely right. Just kidding. I knew I was right. How could I not? But yes, that's true. That in fact, China now, uh, a whistleblower is coming out and saying that, yeah, no, this absolutely came from a lab. So I'm not surprised by this. I just wish it was getting more attention in the media today. And it's not it's not getting any attention. But that doesn't surprise me. That's the least surprising part about this, obviously, of course, is that nobody's talking about this fact. I just don't think people care. But I want to thank Audit Everything on Twitter, who just uh, told us that a Chinese defector claims the first COVID-19 outbreak was intentional and happened in October 2019 at the Military World Games in Wuhan, according to the Daily Mail. I've told you, told you, that I believed absolutely this was intentional. So this story which just broke a short time ago. Chinese whistleblower claims first COVID outbreak was intentional and happened in October 2019 at the Military World Games in Wuhan, two months before China notified the world about the virus. Defector Wei Jing Sheng said virus may have first spread at the military tournament. Now, I've told you before that would not surprise me because our military was over there and I wouldn't put it past China to try to infect our military. How could anybody put, put it past China? A whistleblower has sensationally claimed China deliberately spread COVID at a military tournament two months before the rest of the world knew about the deadly virus. Ex-Chinese Communist Party insider Wei Jingsheng said the military world games in October 2019 could have acted as the virus's first super spreader event. The international tournament for military athletes was held in Wuhan. The origin of the COVID-19 pandemic two months before China notified the World Health Organization about its first cases. He said it's no coincidence that, that some 9,000 international athletes who gathered for the event reportedly became sick with a, military, with a, with a mystery illness. The opening ceremony of the 7th uh, Annual Military World Games in Wuhan was October 2019. Some 9,000 athletes had gotten sick. 9,000, by the way. Quote, I thought the Chinese government would take this opportunity to spread the virus during the military games as many foreigners would show up there, he told the Sky News documentary, What Really Happened in Wuhan. The whistleblower claimed he had heard of the Chinese government carrying out an unusual exercise during the games. I knew of the possibility of the Chinese government using some strange weapons, including biological weapons, because I knew they were doing experiments of that sort. He claims his claims were supported by the former principal China advisor to the U.S. State Department, Miles Yu. So he's got backup. Now, what he said was French, German and American athletes were among those to fall ill at the tournament with covid like symptoms, but were never tested for the virus. Here's the timeline of the official timeline of the BS China official timeline. December 8th, 2019, earliest date that China has acknowledged an infection. December 31st, China first reported pneumonia of unknown cause to the World Health Organization. January 1st, Wuhan seafood market closed for disinfection. That was the Fugazi point. That was the, uh, that was the patsy. The Wuhan seafood market was the patsy in all this. 
President Xi Jinping on January 7th discusses coronavirus outbreak with his Politburo. January 9th, China makes public the genome of the coronavirus. January 11th, China reported its first death. January 13th, first case outside China is confirmed. January 20th, China's National Health Commission confirms human-to-human transmission after lying about it to the world. Wuhan was locked down on January 23rd. January 31st, the World Health Organization declared outbreak of international concern. February 23rd is when Italy reported cluster of cases in its first major outbreak in the West. Well, Italy had a campaign back then, as I've told you about before, called Hug a Chinese Person. To show that you weren't racist, to show that you were woke in the woke city of Milan, they literally encourage you to go up to people who are Chinese, because there are a lot of them there, a lot of them working there, and hug them. Yeah, that was very helpful. May 29th, 29th, China claims virus did not originate in wet markets, but in Chinese bats before it jumped to humans via an intermediary animal. That's the other patsy, the poor pangolin. This poor pangolin gets blamed for everything, doesn't he? July 31st, Chinese researcher admits some coronavirus experiments conducted in lower biosafety labs. Hmm. Remember, this whole time this is going on, Dr. Fauci's lying to us, telling us that they had nothing to do with funding any of this research. You remember that? Nothing. You remember that? December 16th, 2020, World Health Organization announces it will travel to Wuhan to probe origins of the virus in January. January 5th, China denies entry to the World Health Organization's investigatory team. February 9th, World Health Organization dismisses the theory virus was leaked from a lab, backs China's claim it was imported from frozen meat. Yeah, that was my favorite patsy in the whole story, was that we... (laughs) The United States of America put it into frozen dinners, like TV dinners, I guess. So you're you're having your hungry man in China, you know, opening up your hungry man Chinese dinner, and then, oh, look, mashed potatoes, some sort of vegetable, nice meatloaf, and coronavirus. Look at that. Uh, Don't cook it too long, by the way. I do love... uh, uh, Confession time. Huge fan of frozen dinner mashed potatoes. Huge. Love it. If you gave me a... In fact, now I'm going to get a frozen dinner. That's what I'm going to do. If you gave me one right now, I would devour it. The mashed potatoes? Come on. You love it too. Don't lie. Be honest. And I love, love mac and cheese in 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 a TV dinner. I just love TV dinners. I really do. A little roll... It's great, right? Anyway, but I never usually don't get it with the COVID side dish, the SARS-CoV-2 topper. But then again, I don't get the pangolin bat frozen dinners, the TV dinners. And that's always hard to find because I go to Wegmans. I go, excuse me, do you have any of the frozen bat pangolin dinners? I go, no, we're all out. That's a damn shame. And you turn to some mom in yoga pants with a mask on and go, hey, you looking for the bat pangolin frozen dinner too? Now, in September of 2019, the new evidence that emerged, blood samples taken in a lung cancer screening trial in Italy, which later test positive for coronavirus. In October is when whistleblower Wei Jingsheng first claimed China deliberately spread COVID at the military world games in Wuhan in October, two months before the rest of the world knew about the virus. October, Xi Jinping's authoritarian regime tried desperately to shut down whistleblowers like Mr. Jingsheng. Any references made in social media about a new SARS virus or outbreak were censored. October through December, rise in flu and pneumonia cases in northern Italy, which could be linked to coronavirus. In November, the whistleblower Mr. Jingsheng claims he took his concerns about the military games to senior figures within the Trump administration, but was ignored. In November, intelligence report passed to agencies in Washington claims three members of the staff at the Wuhan Institute of Virology sought hospital treatment in November 2019 after experiencing symptoms consistent with COVID. In November, sewage samples taken in 
Brazil suggests the virus was present. November 10th, a Milanese woman has a skin biopsy producing a sample which later shows signs of the virus. November 17th, leaked documents suggest case detected in China on this date. December, doctors in China, including Li Wujlang, report existence of a new type of respiratory infection. This is 2019. But Chinese police arrested him and eight of his colleagues for questioning instead of publicizing reports and warning the public. December 1st, 2019, Chinese researchers report an infection on this date in a peer-reviewed study, but it has not been acknowledged by Beijing. December 18th, sewage samples taken in Milan and Turin suggest the virus was circulating in these cities. December 26th, samples analyzed suggested a new type of SARS was circulating as early as December 26th, but Wuhan was not locked down until January 22nd. And it goes on. And it goes on. In August of this year, a damning report by Republicans in the U.S. claimed coronavirus leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology shortly after the facility tried to improve air safety and waste treatment systems. That was the whole idea that when they took out the air conditioning unit and oops, the virus came out too. But Mr. Jing Jing's claims, Mr. Jing Seng's claims that we did this on purpose during the military, they did this on purpose during the military world games does not surprise me. You think about freedom and how important it is to allow thoughts to percolate on social media, for example. Facebook, Twitter, shutting down any thoughts about the laboratory theory. Also, suggesting that anybody who pushed that was pushing Asian hate. Now, that was doing China's bidding, obviously, because China was all about that, saying, hey, listen, if you push this lab theory, all you're doing is raising the level of hatred of Asian Americans and Asian people. So please stop it. So Facebook and all the corporations that own the news media in this, in this country because they want to do Chinese bidding because they also own movies that play in China and TV shows, they went, no problem, and they just censored speech. But I want you to think about that in the context of what happened in China when Mr. Jingjiang took his claims uh, and put them on social media, and there was WeChat. There are people talking about it on WeChat and you know what happened? That was shut down. All that was shut down. The Chinese authorities made sure that anybody who was talking about this, any whistleblowers in the earliest stages of, of, the, of the outbreak were shut down. The longtime democracy campaigner who has served in prison for counter-revolutionary activities said he made the approach as whispers of a new SARS virus began circulating on WeChat and other Chinese social media platforms. I felt they were not as concerned as I was, so I tried my best to provide more detail and information. They may not believe that a government of a country would do something like that, cover up a virus, so I kept repeating myself in an effort to persuade them. And they shut down whistleblowers. So there you go. And I just, I, I think it's important to remember that. Why freedom of speech is so important. Because it can save lives. And we obviously, in this country, still engage in shutting down freedom of speech that we don't like. Uh, let me turn for a moment to the border situation. Uh, so the border situation is an absolute disgrace, as you can imagine. Jen Psaki had a White House press conference today. And uh, Snarks was asked about some of this. I know, I know, it's mean to call her Snarks. I know. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Jen, Jen Saki is snarks, and she always will be to me. I'm sorry, but she will be. She is. She's snarky to everybody except for April Ryan from, I think she's NPR, is that right? Or maybe PBS. Um, but I'm going to get to that in a second. But let me first tell you. Actually, you know, let's start there. So April Ryan, this is kind of a longer clip, but I want, I want you to hear it. I listened to it live today during the White House press briefing as I was preparing for this podcast. And I just kept thinking about how, how snarky Jen Psaki is to Peter Ducey from Fox News. And then I kept thinking about how nice she is to April Ryan. Uh, 
as April Ryan is pushing the fake narrative that our Border Patrol agents were whipping people on horseback. They were not. By the way, they were not whipping people. They were not whipping people with the reins. This was a picture that everybody on the left took and then ran with it so that instead of discussing how many people are actually crossing the border, we're talking about the treatment of the people by Border Patrol agents. And as long as you can make that the story, then you can turn your attention away from how many people are spewing over the southern border, bringing God only knows what, coronavirus, COVID, new variants, who knows? So take a listen to this little exchange. Um, members of the Congressional Black Caucus were here today meeting with uh, the national security team, Cedric Richmond and Susan Rice. Yeah. Can you give us an update? Because they were talking about Haiti, mm-hmm. the immigration issue at the border. Um, could you give us an update on that and what is expected for tomorrow's meeting with civil rights leaders, be it teleconference or what have you, with White House officials? Just so I, what do you mean by an update exactly? An update on Can what, happened in, what happened in the meeting? What was given to them? What did they ask for? Because black leaders are making big asks of this crisis moment. What, tell me more about what you think they're asking for. Okay, what they're asking for, the asylum process, what does that look like? Reverend Al Sharpton is going to the border tomorrow mm-hmm. to see what that looks like, if people are actually being able to get asylum who's here. Also, the, you talked about the condemnation of what... Um, the patrol agents were doing with the reins or whip, whatever, with the intent to lash, to hurt people, to keep them away from the border. They want to know, is that practice going to still be in place? Horses and the lashing, those kind of issues. So, so I, I just wanted to have clarity on exactly what you were asking about. Clarity April, that's it. on the fake on the story piece, of the lashing. There, uh, there is an investigation that is ongoing that the Secretary of Homeland Security has made clear he wants to happen quickly. And he wants. By the way, let me just tell you today, the uh, Border Patrol guy. I was asked about that investigation on Fox News. He said, we welcome it. We don't whip people. We don't go around with whips. We don't whip people with lassos. We don't whip people with horse reins. We don't do that. This guy didn't do that. And uh, we welcome the investigation. Okay? We welcome it. Outcome to be done by next week. Once that process is concluded, that will be a deter- That will help be a determinant in any policy decisions and personnel decisions, both. All important questions. I'm sure that was what was conveyed as well. On the first part, I think what in the answer I gave uh, just a few minutes ago here, uh, I think what what we are conveying to anyone who are our partners, whether they are civil rights leaders, members of the CBC, and others who have uh, important questions here, is how uh, outraged we also are by these photos and this video, our commitment to this investigation, but also how our immigration processing system works. And in response to Amr's question before, what I tried to lay out is is what happens, right? No matter where you are coming from, if you are irregularly migrating, we are still applying Title 42 because we are in the middle of a public health crisis. This is what is conveyed to anyone who has questions. Uh, Those individuals who are eligible uh, to stay in the United States through, through a range of our programs that they would be allowed to stay in the United States through a range of our programs. If they are, uh, there are some who are placed into removal processes where they also can make the case, whether it's fear or fear of returning back to countries, etc. They will go through the process as well. So I'm sure what they are doing is explaining exactly what our immigration processes are and reiterating as well um, our outrage at the photos and the video. No, but but I, I, so bear with me because this is moving pieces. But with the asylum, there are people. Moving pieces. 
There are moving pieces attached here, moving pieces. You know what I think, too, that is pretty obvious with all this? Is that the outrage on the left over this fake horse story, this Fugazi story, is so emblematic of where the left is today, is it not? Think about it. Instead of being angry in any way, shape, or form about the potential virus that is coming over the southern border, the humanitarian crisis that's happening here, and everything else that's going on, what they're angry about is this fake story. Fake story, okay? Saki will not say how many people are, uh, have come over. The border, the the, uh, the head of uh, DHS, Alexandra Mohorkas, he won't say either. He had a, been hearing in front of the Senate, he would not say how many people are streaming over the border. Would not say. Now, MSNBC decided to run a panel today. You know what they did on the panel? In this panel, they spoke at length about how the U.S. policy on immigration is based on race and class owing its roots to the white supremacist roots of this nation. So remember, again, I've told you uh, for a long time what the left wants is open borders. What AOC and the squad and all the socialists want is they believe, first of all, understand their mindset. How dare white people keep anyone out of this country for all the horrible things that white people in America has done to the world? And with all of our capitalism and our oppression and our colonialism, who the hell do we think we are keeping anyone out? They really believe that. So you have to start there with that mindset, okay? Go with that mindset and you'll understand a little bit of the craziness that is being spewed on all the lefty networks. But it backs up what you've said. And you've said this to me before. Rich, I think these people are trying to change this country. Yes, yes, they are. There's no doubt about that. Their hatred of this country comes from the idea that they believe we started as a as a white supremacist nation in 1619 when the first slaves arrived here. And we've been that way ever since. And we still are. And you got to knock it, tear it all down, tear it all down, tear down capitalism tear it all down that's what they firmly believe this is not even up for debate take a listen seeking asylum is a legal right yet thousands of haitians who have survived you know devastating natural disasters political violence they are being denied due process we heard the dhs secretary talk about how the route that they took from mexico to that bridge was uh, an irregular migration and because of that they're being sent home Talk to us about this double standard, as Jacqueline put it, for the Haitian people. Yeah, thank you for the invitation, Jeff. So Jacqueline is absolutely right. From the beginning of our country, this country has an immigration system that is based on race and class. And it has been racialized. Haitians have been treated very differently than Cubans and other migrants. And I would say even today, at a time that we are welcoming refugees from Afghanistan, as we should be, we should also be welcoming Haitians who cannot be deported to a country that is in turmoil right now. The United States has a responsibility of ensuring that individuals individuals can exercise their legal right to seek asylum and to seek safety in our country. When you talk about the double standard, I mean, there are more than 100,000 Canadians living under the radar here in the U.S. illegally. Nearly half of the estimated 11 million undocumented immigrants who are in this country, they didn't come across the, the border. They, they flew in with a visa and they overstayed that visa. So, Marielena, I mean, the, the history of, of immigration and immigrants who are, are deemed desirable versus undesirable. Here we go. How does that manifest? Desirable How does that versus show up undesirable. In our immigration policy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not surprising, right, that given the white supremacist roots of this nation, there you go. that there our you immigration go. system is also reflective of that anti-blackness that exists. And so, you know... I, you know, sometime, years ago, I think when I was first starting out on radio, I was one of the hosts who played a lot of these kind of clips for a couple of reasons. Number one, oftentimes it's very funny, and I get to riff on them, which makes me happy. 
And I think it's good entertainment. But number two, I really think it's important for you know what's for you to know what's being said. You don't watch MSNBC. You don't watch CNN. Good. But I have to. I have to know what they're saying. And I bring that to you so you know what they're saying too. Because all of this is an organized effort. You have to realize that all of this is an organized effort. And it's not just happening on TV. It then translates over to Capitol Hill. It translates over to Capitol Hill where you had today the Congressional Black Caucus hold a press conference and go on about the horrible treatment of the Haitians and everything else and, uh, and demanding uh, restorative justice. Restorative justice. Right now, the, the numbers that we have, at least from the guy from Fox News in L.A. who's doing the count, since Homeland Security won't talk to, about this to anybody, we have 6,722 migrants, 4,700 family units, 1,500 single adult men, 418 single adult females, 73 female groups, 300 plus pregnant women here as of yesterday. All right. Obviously, the goal is to have their babies born on U.S. soil. That becomes their goal. So when I, when I tell you that it's not just a matter of talking points, it's not just a matter of talking points. It is about this whole idea of nonsense, of, of this restorative justice. And one of the leaders of that is one of the craziest people on planet Earth, Congresswoman Maxine Waters. You remember her from the lamest chant in the history of political chants, impeach 45, impeach him, impeach 45. You remember that? That's right. So this is Congressman Maxine Waters, today after they had this little press conference outside of Capitol Hill, trying again to push the narrative of the fake horse whipping, the Fugazi horse whipping, still pushing that narrative, still going with this. Take a listen. To be able to petition to get into the country. What the hell are we doing here? What we witness takes us back hundreds of years. What we witness was worse than what we witnessed in slavery. Cowboys with their reins again, whipping black people, Haitians, into the water where they're scrambling and falling down. And all they're trying to do is escape from violence in their country. Yes? Worse than slavery. Worse than slavery. So, so you you see what this what this does, right? From April Ryan asking the question from PBS, MSNBC, the Congressional Black Caucus, and on and on it goes. And and the more that they can do this, the more that they can do this, the more that they can push the narrative and get people to stop talking about what happened at the southern border. Okay, what's going on with this crisis of people coming into the country? That's what they're trying to do. And the leader of that, of course, is Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary. So this is what Snarks had to say today as she's also pushing, pushing the lie. And it's shameful that these hardworking Border Patrol officers who have to deal with migrants who may have COVID, and these are people that may have to go home and have their wife and kids and bring home whatever variants they're dealing with right now. It's shameful that we are, we are lying about them. We're maligning these people. Look, I'd be the first one to say it was disgraceful if somebody whipped another human being. That did not happen. Why would anybody think Border Patrol would go around whipping people? That would never happen. They would never allow that, ever. But the lie is still being promulgated, and it's being pushed by the White House, which is shameful and disgraceful. And here's Jen Snarky doing it again. Numbers to provide. Uh, on the campaign trail, then uh, candidate, no, President Biden said, quote, we're going to restore our moral standing in the world and our historic role as a safe haven for refugees and asylum seekers. How does what's happening on the border right now with Haitian refugees square with that? 
Well, which aspect of what's happening at the border? What's happening with Haitians? Do you yeah. mean the photos and we've seen, or do you the mean photos? Yeah. Well, well, first, uh, we understand and agree that this has been an incredibly heart-wrenching issue. We've watched the photos of Haitians gathering under a bridge, many with families, and the horrific video of the CBP officers on horse on horses using brutal and inappropriate measures against innocent See? people. See what I mean? I think it's important to take to address that and separately address what our immigration policies are and understand that people are combining them, but. Uh, that's why I asked that question. I would also reiterate that there is an invent investigation that will be completed by next week, which the secretary shameful. confirmed. Shameful that will what determine doing, the next yeah. steps on both policy and personnel. All important questions people are asking. And in the interim, those individuals were placed on administration administrative leave and will not be interacting with any migrants. So as it relates with th to those photos and that horrific video, we're not going to stand for that kind of inhumane treatment. And obviously, we want this pro this investigation to be completed rapidly. I will We'll say on the broader question you were asking, the president remains committed to putting in place a humane and orderly immigration system that includes an established and efficient process for applying for asylum. Okay, so the White House is pushing the lie. Realize that now, and you understand exactly what I've been telling you, that everything they've been saying about immigration and all of it is just a bunch of BS. Because the only concern they have, the only concern they have, is that not everybody's allowed to stay. That's it. That's the concern that they have, period. Smart, funny podcast. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Well, before I let you go today, I, I, I could tell you that Peter Ducey and uh, Jen Snarks got into a very tense exchange. She was not as nice to him as she was to April Ryan. But bottom line is this. I mean, he's pushing around the fact of, hey, how come you still don't know how many numbers of people that have been released into the United States? Why are you not saying this? Why are you still not telling us, Jen? How come the Mayorkas doesn't know, the White House doesn't know? She said, well, that's something Homeland Security would know. And he said, well, then get the numbers for us and give it to the press corps. Uh, the American people deserve to know how many of these people are being released into the United States of America and being told, come back for a court date. They deserve to know this. We really do. We deserve to know this. So I, th I think it's pathetic that, uh, that they're lying on this point. Something I want to I point out to you, and I mentioned this at the start of the show. So I did the pickup today again of the kids and I was talking to one of the moms and she's very nice and, and she was saying how, she, how frustrated she is uh, with this whole mandate about two-year-olds in New Jersey having to wear masks the same thing they do in New York State and I played you that awful awful video of that poor kid screaming uh, as they're trying to get a mask on his face this little two-year-old well Phil Murphy today the governor of New Jersey the the king King Philip the unaccountable royal jackass was was at Rutgers today posing with all the kids his big teeth hanging out the guy is toothy man he's really toothy you just I don't mean to be like petty but go get it you're a freaking millionaire man you got a villa in Italy Call Dr. Venaria. Although Dr. Venaria would not want to, would honestly would not want to deal with him. I'm just saying. But there he is. There, there he is. There's Phil Murphy, King Philip. No social distancing, not wearing a mask, hanging out with all the Rutgers kids, right? Just hanging out with all of them. Just living it up. Peasants! Gather around! His Royal Highness King Philip the Unaccountable will mask your two-year-old toddler, that filthy, disgusting, germy miracle, as he stands with the students, maskless, and touching them in all of their weird places. 
I just can't stand the guy. I really can't. He's just such a bow. I mean, Jack Chatterelli better win. And he might. The polls are looking good for him. They really are. The polls are looking good. And uh, and I think it's fantastic. It really is that, they're, that we're looking at that. Before I uh, let you go, another issue I wanted to bring up to you is uh, what happened today on The View. The geniuses on The View battling over who is the real victim in the Monica Lewinsky sexual uh, assault. I don't call it the Monica Lewinsky scandal. I call it the sexual assault because Bill Clinton preyed on her in the workplace. Now, come on. You got to hold the left to their own standards here. Even though she was an adult, he preyed on her. He was the powerful man in this position. And what's, what's amazing is that Bill Clinton has a long list of sexual assault victims. Women who've, who, who've said they've been raped, women who've said they've been sexually harassed by this guy in the workplace, and, uh, and the left still refuses to acknowledge it. They still act like it never happens. Of all of it, of all the hypocrisy in the world, I'm still amazed of the past that Bill Clinton gets, aren't you? I'm still amazed by it. It, to this day, it, it just is, it, it, it's something I have a very hard time even fathoming, is that the past that Bill Clinton gets on all of this. So today on The View, the, the, cackling, the cackling hens had a little bit of an exchange here of who the victims were, and they actually used air quotes in all this. Take, take a listen here. This is the kind of stuff that's being spewed on daytime television to make your brain literally melt as you're sitting there waiting for your dentist, well, not not my dentist, Dr. Mike Finneri is not playing this in his office, hell no, but take a listen. I, I would submit here that the real victim was the United States of America, oh. because and, and Hillary Clinton. Oh, Because right. if you remember, when the, the debate was going on between Trump and Hillary, Trump mm-hmm. brought in all these so-called yes. victims of Clinton's peccadillos, right? Okay? <laughs> If Democrats had done the same and brought in Donald Trump's victims and those who are less... They wouldn't have done anything. Oh, they would have needed, and, a, a, they would have needed an arena. And, oh, exactly. And to be, and to be, by the way, the, the, the entire reason why they're mentioning this is because of this, of this new Monica Lewinsky movie that came out and she's a producer on it. And, uh, and a lot of people are very upset by, the, by, uh, by how she was depicted by the left for all these years as being the bad guy here, the villain in all this. And you know who pointed that out was Amanda Knox when she wrote a piece and she said, I'm so tired of people calling this the Lewinsky scandal. This is the Clinton scandal. But all those women were. So what does the left quickly do? They quickly pivot to Trump. It's not relevant to what we're talking about, but that's what they do. What aboutism on full display? There were a lot of... He, he allegedly abused a lot of women, uh, Bill See? Clinton. Yeah, he but, was but, no but saint, when he, he, when he brought those women Monica. into that debate, that hurt Hillary Clinton. And that is the real victim. The country lost a great person. Hillary Clinton could have been the president instead of that criminal that we had there for four years. And that's the real victim. And that's the real loser. You see? That's the real victim and the United States of America. Hillary Clinton and the United States of America are the real victims. You got it? You understand? Now you know. What, what, it's, it, it, but, but again, any woman who accused Trump of something, uh, that's to be believed. This is the ultimate double standard that the left has all the time. They really do all the time. And it's pathetic. It's just, it's, it's absolutely pathetic. Uh, one more thing, too, I wanted to mention today. They're talking right now about the economy, and they are saying right now that inflation could get so bad, you're going to see such a huge reaction, a big stock market sell-off, and it's going to be bad. And Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JPMorgan Chase, is now turning on and he's saying, listen, this is going to get bad. This is going to get really bad. If we don't do something about inflation, it's going to get bad. 
So I, what I'm telling you is what the economy right now, as Democrats are preparing to spend trillions of dollars of your money, and now they're preparing to try to raise all kinds of new taxes and everything else, I just want to remind you, I want to remind you that that is a, we are playing with fire here. We are playing with fire. And it is something that makes me very, very nervous. And everybody should be nervous by this. Everybody. You should be really concerned about the state of this economy, what Democrats are trying to do here. What, 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 what Democrats are trying to do. And it's really scared. It's really scary. Uh... One point I want to mention on the border, and I know it's been a little border heavy today. I just, I go where the news is. Obviously, I go where the big news stories. But Bill Fox from L.A., he's been doing some great reporting down at the border. And he actually fact-checked Jen Psaki's claims that migrants don't intend to stay. Do you remember that was the, the, the point about, so when you're a European coming to visit here, uh, you have to show your vaccination card, right? But if you come over the border, you don't have to be vaccinated. You don't have to show a vaccination card. You don't even have to get a vaccine. And Jen Psaki's argument was the people crossing the border are not intending to stay. Now, we all know that's BS. They're, they're, they're allowed to stay in the United States of America. We release them into the wild and we tell them to show up for a court date. They very rarely do. And even if they do, it doesn't mean they're going to be deported. But so here's the fact check on Jen Psaki making that point. And I want you to remember this because a lot of the people are being sent to New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware. They are being sent to our region of the country. So this is something that, 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 again, if you care about public health and you care about variants, you should be concerned by this. So look, uh, that was an interesting press conference, and you guys have been talking about Jen, uh, Jen Psaki's comments that she Narks. doesn't believe that the migrants down here uh, intend to stay for a long time. That's news to these folks down here. If they were to actually come down here and talk to them, I think they would realize that they're not traveling from halfway around the world to go on a little camping trip for a few days under this bridge and then just go back into Mexico. Bingo. They intend to stay. They know under the Biden administration, if they can just step foot on U.S. soil, they will have a chance to be released into the U.S. See, they know this. They know that they will be allowed to, uh, to stay in the U.S. They know this. So they're not worried about this. They're, they're not worried about this. And so that is a, a very crucial point right there and something you should know. I should also mention to you, because I'm going to have to get ready for the late night comedy special tonight on climate activism, which is going to be so funny. I can't wait. When it comes to uh, hypocrites, Hollywood has some of the finest hypocrites you'll ever meet. Rich millionaire hypocrites with some of the finest accountants you'll ever meet, too, so they can avoid paying a lot of taxes. So Los Angeles County Department of Health issued a statement because all these people were upset that the Emmys was a maskless zone. You remember that? A maskless zone. So uh, what, what, what they came back and they said, L.A. County, they said the following. Listen, as long as you are a powerful celebrity, you're fine. You're allowed to be there. The Los Angeles County uh, Department of Health, they absolutely said we gave an exemption because it has something to do with entertainment. That's what they said. So how did uh, other celebrities respond to this? If you remember Seth Rogen's comments, and, and this is what he said, take a listen to this. What are we doing? He said, what are we doing about, uh, uh, why are we all inside? Because it was one of those uh, Fugazi outdoor things. You've seen these, right, with the plexi. It's like that thick plastic thing. And, the, and then they go, oh yeah, this is, this is outdoors. And everybody knows it's not outdoors. Nobody thinks it's outdoors. But they try to do that. But this is what he had said here. Um, anyway, good to be here at the Emmy Awards. Let me start by saying there is way too many of us in this little room. <laughs> what are we doing? 
They said this was outdoors. It's not. They lied to us. We're in a hermetically sealed tent right now. I would not have come to this. Why is there a roof? It's more important that we have three chandeliers than that we make sure we don't kill Eugene Levy tonight. It's pretty that funny. What has been decided. Pretty this funny. Is- How did other celebrities feel about that, though? They asked a couple of other people uh, if they were concerned by this and if they uh, they thought that this was going to be a problem. Did you find the COVID protocol annoying? Like, did you bring your vaccine card with you? Uh, vaccine card, everything. You know, it is what it is. It's our new normal, and hopefully we'll be over that soon. But it doesn't look like it. Does a tent count as an outdoor event? <laughs> as long as there's proper ventilation, it does. And there yeah. was? There was? I think it was. I felt the cross breeze. (laughs) That's nice. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Anthony, man. You got it. Thank you. Hey, Bradley, just quickly. Seth Rogen thought the Emmys weren't COVID safe enough. How do you feel about that? Uh, I felt like it was very safe. You did? Everybody got shots. Everybody was tested. (laughs) Have you got your vaccine card on you? I do. Oh, you do? You had to bring it along? I do. Everybody had to. Oh, that's fantastic, man. Thank you, Bradley. So, so remember that because they're not, they're vaccinated, but they're not wearing masks. And that is something that you and I are, are not privy to doing in many circumstances where we still have to wear masks, even if we're vaccinated. And in schools, kids who are vaccinated still have to wear masks and kids who don't even get affected by COVID still have to wear masks as well. So just remember the absolute hypocrisy that is on display. And if they all felt safe without masks, why would we ever wear masks? Great question, right? I know. I like asking great questions. And I hope that you got to have uh, some good answers to some of those questions today. Very important for me to be able to ask them, for you to answer them. I appreciate you listening. As my buddy Lee Pavorsky said yesterday, remind you, this podcast is all my, my doing. It is mine. And I love doing it. So I appreciate you listening and sharing it and giving a good review. The whole job is to update you on everything you might have missed since the morning show today. And there'll be a lot to discuss tomorrow morning, no doubt. Have a great night. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate it.